you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Zach Pritchett. Welcome to the show, Zach. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Excellent. And I'm excited today. We're going to talk about one of my favorite topics on the planet, which is communication. So, Zach, before we jump into it, there's a few people around the globe that still don't know who you are, believe it or not. Would you mind giving a little bit of an introduction to the audience of your background and how you ended up where you are right now? Yeah, so um, essentially I started, you know, I graduated um, college with a wildlife degree, um, went to managing surface water, so ponds, lakes, and, and um, erosion control and stuff like that. But I was managing a company and helped grow it to uh, from three employees to 12 uh, managing operations. So I started to learn a lot about um, kind of the management aspect. And um, and then once I, I left there and I was doing a lot of uh, personal finance coaching at that point with my team at that point. And uh, so I just kind of left that job and just worked my way right into personal finances now. So I'm, I'm a financial coach helping people budget and um, so on. So, um, but there's a a story we'll get into with the business on on losing or you know leaving that other job and and the communication side of it. So, uh, but I won't go too far right now. But that's it's kind of the short short history of kind of where or how I got to where I'm at with my own business and and what I'm doing now. So, awesome, awesome. And yeah, you you told me before the show that your your passion is around communication and. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in effective communication and I've, I've spent many, many years studying the DISC behavior framework that have helped me personally and pretty much help all of my clients from a communication standpoint. So I'd love to know a little bit more about what you're doing with communication and any, yeah, anything you would like to share really. Yeah. So I think uh, it kind of goes all the way back to that, that um, the business I was a part of managing like I was growing it it was I was managing all operations and so I was hiring I was firing I was I was building a culture like my boss was there and he, he was helping me at times and kind of my support so to speak and and uh but overall like it was my responsibility to, to kind of get that going and you know after a couple of years into it I, like I thought I was doing well I thought I was trying to like communicating to the guys and and they just they they didn't want to be there they didn't they didn't care so to speak and uh, i've made some made some mistakes on not communicating or i was communicating the wrong message so to speak. like and so that's what um after i i ended up losing my job um based off you know probably a, a several uh or a, a list of things that were happening all in within like a six month or eight month period like I feel like this communication thing was boiling and boiling and boiling. And then all of a sudden all the miscommunication that was happening was, um, had kind of blew up at there towards the end. And so that's kind of, I think that's one of the reasons that I was let go, but it really made me start to think like what happened? Like, cause I thought I was doing good and, and, you know, but when I would tell people, Hey, tell me what you think. I want to know. I would start, I would ask people their opinion but they wouldn't give me, they wouldn't 
they, they wouldn't give me what they really thought. And so it really just made me start thinking about that communication piece. Like why can't we have a, an honest conversation? And it was probably, it was mainly because they didn't trust me in that light of that. I would listen to what they had to say. They didn't, they didn't think I would um, listen to them. So they, you know, they thought they would come in and, um, I would, I'm asking for their opinion, but they would, if they got, gave it to me that I wouldn't listen. I just, you know, all I'm just, I'm just trying to be the good guy, so to speak, is what I felt like they were being. And so I really dove into like what, what an honest or a, a, what an honest kind of conversation is and, and how we do that. Cause I think it also plays into our, our, our spouses. I mean, our personal lives as well with our spouse and with uh, family and stuff like that. So the, the whole idea is that, you know, when we're, um, you know, we go about life, we go about the job, we go about everything. We talk about the day-to-day stuff. We talk about the, you know, what has to be talked about that day, but that's as far as we go. Like, you know, with my spouse, it's, you know, the kids, we can talk about work. We talk about what we're doing this weekend. You know, you know, we got to, we got to get our, you know, those basic things out of the way. But then at the end of the day, you know, my wife's still like, well, we, we didn't, we don't talk much. And when I was like, in my head, I'm like, we talked all day long. Um, but it wasn't having that honest conversation to where you, there's a, wasn't a deep level of, of communication happening. And so that's when I started really dig, diving in. So I'm started writing this book and it's basically, you've got four avenues and 10 different characteristics. So you've got the, the four main things are you, your self communication, your spouse, um, so spousal communication, your coworker and team communication. And then you've got a, like the stranger communication. So there's those four different main avenues of communication that play into each other. So the idea is that if I don't communicate with myself correctly and have an honest conversation with myself, then I can't communicate with my team. If I can't be honest with who I am, then once I go go to, go to work with my team, that I'm portraying that same trust level. If I can't trust myself, then I can't trust, um, my team's not going to trust me. And so there's that whole mindset of it. It all begins with yourself. And as you do that, and the idea behind this is to like share your opinion to the, um, you know, nth degree and don't let, don't let somebody's judgment, be the barrier that you're not, you know, you're not stating your opinion. So in, in work perspective, if you're in a meeting, everybody, a lot of people hate meetings, but if you're in a meeting and you've got, you're trying to collaborate on, on this topic and maybe I have this idea or I have whatever, like I, I know what I'm, I want to do on, on this particular topic, but I want other people's opinion. So if I ask other people's opinion, especially if they're my subordinates and I'm managing them, they have a tendency to hesitate to speak their opinion and speak their minds and be against my, against the grain, so to speak. And so I, I want to encourage that. I want to encourage them to, to speak up and go against my, my thoughts and my, um, my ideas, because that's what sharpens those ideas. Um, and that's where you get to where that you build that trust within each other. And if there's a, 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 if they have a space of where they can be open and honest, then it opens that, um, that, that build the trust building over time. And so you'll, 
end up creating the atmosphere where everybody has this mentality of I'm not going against you just because I think you're stupid or I think you're dumb or whatever. It's just the way I feel based on my experiences, you know, my ability to solve a problem. That's the way I feel. And so I think we get, we, we get wrapped up in too wrapped up into what people think of us. And so we don't want to say something because we don't want to make them, we don't want to feel stupid or we don't want them to feel stupid or we don't want to be mean or anything like that. But um, I think we, we need to kind of sit back and just think about what that, you know, what it really means to, to be honest with each other. Um, yeah, it, all, I, I, it all begins with yourself. I, I really like that because that's, I mean, it goes back to the fundamentals, what I teach with, with people management, right? Because the, the first and the most important thing that I always say is that the, the key thing when you're working with staff is to build a good relationship because the problem in most cases, when people don't open up, it's really because you haven't built a good relationship with you, right? So the way, exactly the way you're saying it, if people don't trust you, they won't open up and you can, I mean, so many managers I've worked with, they're like, oh yeah, if you ever have anything, you know, my door is always open and I have open door policy, but that doesn't particularly breathe trust, right? So having like saying that people can always come and talk and actually from that being possible is two very different things. And, and again, like what happens when you talk, right? So again, yeah. fundamentally, one of, one of the key things that I always talk about when I train people is really when, when you're in meetings as the boss, you always want to speak last, right? Because as the boss, what you have to realize is that you hold in your hands the, the, the keys for your staff, for, for them to, you know, make a living. And because you control the salary, you control, you basically control if they can live and eat, right? So even though you can, some people will be confident talking against you and, you know, disagreeing with you, a lot of the time, in many, many cases, if you've already spoken your opinion, you are less likely to get the opinion of some of your staff members, right? So one of the key things, and this is, this is hard for many people, but learning to actually let your staff speak before you utter your opinion makes such a big difference because it makes them feel listened to. And even when you, let's call it, quote, know the right answer, the goal is not getting to the right answer very quickly, the goal is to actually be effective and get to the right answer with the staff's buy-in, right? And if you're just telling people what to do, so a very simple example of this is if you tell people what to do and you're like, okay, Paul, go do this project. This is what you need to do, et cetera, et cetera. The output you will get compared to if Paul figures out, you know, he needs to do this project by himself and he's like, oh, we should really do this project the ownership he takes and the, the delivery that he gets, uh, he delivers from figuring that out himself and driving that rather than you telling him to do it is miles and miles and miles apart. Right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's key. And that's probably, there's a big part there because I'm definitely, I'm the talker. I'm, I'm the, I'm going to speak my opinion pretty easily. My opinion comes out. And so, 
especially the fact that, you know, I was in the business um, and I was out in the field. I started in the field. I worked my way up into management. And so I had done anything like there was a point where there was three of us um, in the company and I, I wore a lot of hats at that point. And, um, and so there was, I guess there was that level of pride for me. It's like when people, when they would come and complain about what they're doing in the field, it's like, you know, like I'm, I don't have any so, I don't have any sympathy for you because I've been there and I've done that. I know what it's like. And uh, maybe I was a little, probably a little too arrogant and too prideful in those, those situations. But um, I think that's where the, you know, the, the characteristics of, of communication, whether it be our, our perspective, you know, the trust that you have, the expectations were, weren't set right. And that's, that's a lot of times what happens too, is that just the expectation wasn't set right. And so there was a miscommunication in, in those trying to align those expectations. I yeah. say, I say, do this. And he's thinking, do that. And we don't like, maybe, maybe there's that vibe that we know there's a disconnect there, but we don't act on it and we just let it go. And then you find out later that you should have acted on it because you knew there was a miscommunication there. And yeah. I think that's, you know, a lot of the, another aspect of this is awareness is, when you, if you are aware that there's some miscommunication, act on it right then. Don't wait till you, um, you know, you find out that the project's going to go, you know, 10 degrees off the path because you didn't act on that communication that, that you could see wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. I think one, one thing that I see a lot that's super relevant to this, right, is the fact that when people grow up within the business, uh, particularly when they're very detail-oriented and like you, they've gone through all the roles. The, the problem is often that within the business, they stay the expert, right? And they stay the person that knows it all and they, they don't uh, let go, right? And the, the yeah. challenge with that, when new people come in, like because they've grown up through the company, what typically happens is they got a ton of responsibility, Right when they grew up in the business, they 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 were basically forced to figure it all out themselves, which have made them really smart people. But the challenge at the same time with that is that they expect that anyone else can do that from a different position. So very often, people don't realize that someone you just bring into the business don't have your level of understanding yet, and therefore very very often what tend to happen is that you know people are people are expecting others to pick it up in five minutes because now they know it but a lot of times when i sit down with yeah. people and say well do you remember the first time you did this how long did it take you right and yeah. did you get it all right the first time and most cases no but it's so far away from them and their understanding is so much higher that it's logic. But particularly when you're hiring people below you and particularly if you're an entrepreneur yourself, you know the whole business. You have the overview in your head of how the business work. If you hire someone in a lower level role, they generally only see their piece and they only understand a piece of their piece, right? So, and, and it can be really difficult to actually understand what people understand about your business and even even simple decisions where you're like, oh, why would you ever do that? But it's not because people are purposely doing bad things. Like no one wakes up in the morning and say, I want to go to work and do a bad job. Like they don't, 
right? So if people are not doing a good job, it's generally lack of communication on some level, lack of training or the likes, or occasionally it's the wrong person in the wrong seat, right? So sometimes you'll find people who just shouldn't be doing that job because it doesn't fit their natural personality, right? So for yourself, like, you know, if I give you a job that includes a bunch of spreadsheets and numbers, you'd be comfortable with it, right? But some people, when they see a spreadsheet and 10 numbers, they get dizzy and, you know, they, they can't <laughs> handle it. And it's not, it's not about yeah. being stupid or not understanding it, but it's just different people's natural behavior matches different types of strengths and yeah, so on, right? So that's, yeah, that's definitely been my experience. So. That's really no, cool. No, absolutely. You're, I mean, you're, you're right on track there. So I think the, for me, the, I think that was the, the miscommunication was a big reason why I ended up ultimately getting let go. Uh, I didn't, I wasn't communicating with the team, right? I wasn't allowing this um, atmosphere to be there all, all the while because they were scared that if they went against my opinion that they would get fired or they would, you know, they would, not you know they wouldn't they were worried about their jobs at that point so you know they're gonna save their livelihood and not say anything they're just gonna suck it up and do it and that's not the atmosphere i was trying to create but ultimately it was what i created and so um that's what kind of brought me to digging into that a lot like you said that um understanding that connection of of trust and expectations and you know, how this communication piece really works and um, so on and so forth. So, yep. yeah, I mean, I'm, that makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. So you have a book on the way. How far are you with the book and when do you expect it to be released and so on? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a few chapters in. I think I'm hoping for um, kind of finishing up towards the end of the year um, and then I'll start, you know, getting it. I'm going to start talking with some publishers and stuff, getting it, you know, at least um, pretty, I guess, pre-planned to, to launch and stuff like that. So I don't have a date yet, but my goal for finishing it is the end of the year. Um, and then I'll start editing and, and doing that type of thing. So hopefully pretty soon at the beginning of the year, we can have something um, kind of getting ready to, to the launch. So, um, but they can follow me. We're We're going to kind of set up a, um, page on our website here this week and, and kind of get stuff going so that people can follow us and, and kind of follow the, the tracking of it and um, kind of go from there. Excellent. And uh, just without ruining all the content of the book, but uh, can you give us a very quick tip or something that from a communication standpoint that you feel people can take and use straight away, like something that's, you know, valuable to them and, and relatively easy to implement? I think, I think there's two, two main tips there that I would say. Um, the first one is it, it, it all starts with yourself. Like you have to do the self-communication, the self-awareness to understand who you are, understand how you think, how you operate, what your perspective is. You know, in, in each of these characteristics of, of the communication in my book, there's, there's 10 different characteristics in each of them. There's a self, um, that self piece. Like you have to have the self perspective, the self trust, the self expectations, um, the self, you know, communication, self empathy, self awareness. So those are the, the things that, because it all starts with yourself because when you go to communicate with other people, 
if you don't trust yourself, then they're going to have a hard time trusting you. Yep. It's that having that self-confidence and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's the number one. And then number two would be just don't, I mean, don't be afraid to be vulnerable um, in a conversation at work. Like share your, your mistakes. That's where we, where we grow. And that's what happens, you know, when you're, when you're in a meeting, don't be afraid to share your opinion. Um, and then if you if you feel it's going to be uh, maybe a little targeting to somebody, whether it's, um, you know, saying like, if it may come across to some people as mean or derogative or whatever, then just state that say, I don't mean this in this way. I, I'm having trouble kind of putting it in a way that's not, you know, mean or, or um, derogative, but this is what I think, you know, we should do. And it's not against your, your opinion, not against your idea. It's just the way I, the way I see it from my perspective. So you just got to communicate and just do a little bit more clear communication in there and, and, and speak your complete opinion, speak your whole mind, so to speak. Don't, don't, don't just hide stuff and kind of beat around the bush just to so you don't hurt people's feelings just state that I don't mean to hurt people's feelings, but I'm going to say this because this is what I feel we should do. And so I think if you do that, it'll help open that communication up a little bit. Does the, um, so one of the, one of the key, yeah. One of the key things when we're ahead. working with different personalities is definitely understanding how they communicate. Right. So one, one of the fundamental lessons Absolutely. that I learned very early on was the fact that communication is what the listener do. It's so in other words, it's not what you say, it's how people hear what you say, right? And that's absolutely very, very fundamental for communication to understand that because you know you, you can say everything with the right intention, but if you actually get to know people, and a part of the disc that I spend a lot of time learning and, and utilizing, right? Part of that is understanding basically who needs what served in what way, because fundamentally there's, there's some people that, you know, no matter how little harm you mean to them, whatever, effectively, if you, if you say something that they perceive as, you know, negative or against them, you know, they will be very, very uncomfortable. And it's not necessarily because they don't like having honest conversations but it's more the way they have honest conversation is probably very different than how many other people have it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Really, really learning to understand different personalities. And at least for me have been an absolute game changer because just like yourself, like I'm, I I see things pretty straightforward. Right. And I'm generally in a situation where, you know, I, I don't, I don't take things personal. So if people say, you know, I have a stupid suggestion or whatever, like it's not something that I, I take personal in any way, but I've totally learned to understand how others would feel that to be very aggressive as an example. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I think a lot of people, especially if you're married can relate to that one because your spouse has her, their perspective and, I mean, those, those can be some touchy conversations if you say things the wrong way and, uh, or, you know, they may, but they're, again, they're hearing it one way doesn't mean that's the way you meant it to be said. And so that's, that's what, that's what this whole book is kind of, it's all, it's a big spider web, if you will, like 
all these different avenues and characteristics that I'm talking about, they're all intertwined. And, you know, cause if I, if I have a bad conversation with my wife one morning, I go to work, I'm already mad I'm already agitated. So things can get heated at work and the conversations at work are twisted because I'm already aggravated. So you kind of start this chain of, of events if, you know, things are out of whack um, at the beginning. So, you know, it's all kind of intertwined in, in this and, you know, one side of it affects the other side and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, but, you know, one thing I always told my guys um, while I was there, and this is what I was trying to figure out while I was there, but it's funny how you can't see it until you're, you step back and you kind of look back into it, that situation, you start to realize what was going on. But I always told them, though, I was like, don't hesitate to communicate. Like, that's it. I mean, that, that was what I said almost every meeting was don't hesitate to communicate. Like, if you think you need to, to say something more, say something more. Go a little yeah. farther. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Very interesting, Zach. Very interesting. Now, we talked, just before we started here, we talked a little bit about finance as well. And it was one of those very interesting pieces, right? Because I've, I've worked with many, many different clients and, and quite a few sort of smaller business owners. And one of the things I see consistently is people struggling with finance, to put it politely, screw up everything else. And what I mean with that is that when people, if people are considering or struggling with paying the monthly bills, everything else basically stays out of their head, right? In the sense of they, they yeah. end up in position where they make bad choices because they're in a tough spot, right? And it's both bad business choices, but it's also bad, a potentially bad personal choices, right? And yeah. uh, I think very, very often when you see when you see individuals run a business and really haven't got the finances under control, that can be difficult. But I think as much like particularly for entrepreneurs, right? Because for, for many entrepreneurs, personal finance and business finance become very interlinked, right? If they yeah, have a good sure. month, they, they pay themselves a good salary. If they have a bad month, they pay themselves a bad salary. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's very interesting how that, uh, drive both the mood, but also the the sort of decisions they take. So, what's what sort of your take on it, and and how how do you actually work with people in terms of finance? So basically, I mean, it's the whole point of how I got into personal finance coaching. Like, I, I mean, besides the fact of me learning it and doing it myself, like learning how to budget and being debt free, not having not having any risk out there. If I have a I now have a house mortgage and that's, that's it. That's all the only debt I have, but the, you know, starting going back into the, that business I was, I was running or I was helping uh, run the, the guys were, we were running machines, heavy machinery, excavators, skid steers. We were, you know, driving all over the Metroplex of, up here in Dallas. And so there, you know, these guys needed to focus on what they were doing or they were going to screw something up in the field. And I'm, I'm guilty of it too. Like if I had something going on at home or whatever, then my, you know, my focus is not on what I'm doing at work. It's at, it's on what I'm doing, what I, what was going on at home. And so if I was running a machine or if, you know, if, you know, I had, I had a guy that was, 
had, was running an excavator every single day, basically, or some sort of machinery every day. We had amphibious machines that we were running. So some of these were they're not cheap machines. And so, um, and we were, we're working around water. So there's a lot of potential for some, some big things to happen with these machines. And so th what I found was that this, this guy was so um, tight with his personal finances at home, like living paycheck to paycheck, not even sure he can make his rent payment by the end of the week. And he's got, you know, five boys and they lived in a two bedroom, like 1200 square foot house. Like he was just, I mean, out of, out of, they were just out of control and couldn't figure out what was going on. And so it just really made me like, I knew his focus was not at work. And so he was kind of continually, he was great. You know, had a great uh, work ethic. He would work for 15 hours a day if he had to, but he was just struggling in that mindset to stay focused. And so what we, we what we started doing was actually teaching our guys personal finance at work. Like I would, we offered that as a, a benefit to them and I was the one teaching them because I enjoyed it so much and was already teaching other people and helping people or, or, you know, family and friends. So I started teaching them and helping them kind of start to get control of their budget, start to get control of their behaviors around the finances. And um, so I started doing that for every new employee we had, they went through this program and, and tried to help them. And it was, you know, at the time it was Dave Ramsey's, I don't know you if any of your audience know who Dave Ramsey is, but they, you know, it's basically, it's a simple, simple program of just seven baby steps. You're, you know, you save money, you pay off all your debt, and then you start investing for kids, college and, and retirement. So you, the, the whole idea is to get control so that you have peace and freedom in your budget. And you're not worried about, you know, are you going to make your house payment or your, is your lights going to get cut off on Friday or, because if that's the case, you're not worried about, you're not focused on work and you can make a, a, a lot of mistakes in that way. And so, I, so we started teaching them as a benefit to them to help them because we knew if we did that and it started working, then they would be more focused at work and they would not be as distracted. And so they would actually be more efficient with the job because number one, we're not making mistakes. So I don't have to go back to the job. Number two, they're more efficient on the job. So they get done quicker because um, they're focused on what they're doing and they, you know, they don't have to, they're not back and forth, you know, forgetting this or forgetting that or whatever. And so, you know, you just start, you, you get a higher profit margin in that, that job and you don't have to go back. I mean, so you just start creating better um, income limits at that point. You have a better, you know, you serve the client more. So there's a whole lot of avenues of why, um, why we were doing it for our team and it was starting to, we were starting to see some benefits of it uh, before I left is, I mean, even though there's still some communication errors there on my part, but um, we were starting to see a lot of things like that. So that's what I do now for businesses is that I do group. I mean, I can do group coaching. I can do personal coaching for their team. Um, however, however they want to do it so that I can, I'm helping them partnering with that business to help them, um, you know, allow their team to be focused on work when they're at work and focused on home when they're at home. And that's yeah. the whole idea. Nice. Yeah, that's, that's very good. I mean, I, I have a lot of staff in the Philippines and they are, uh, yeah, they're, they're generally not very good with financial literacy, right? And we, we've definitely had some yeah. people that 
have benefited hugely from from some support in that area, right? Because typically, I mean, in Philippines, people usually get paid every two weeks because if you pay them for a full month, you know, they'll spend all the money in the first week or so and they won't actually eat for three weeks. So it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, and, and unfortunately, that's a cultural thing, right? Um, yeah. But, but I can totally relate to what you're saying. So well, it makes you know, people, sense. people do that here too. They just grab a credit card to spend the rest of the three weeks on like, you know, it's that that's what happens. And so they end up with thousands of dollars of debt because they weren't paying attention to that money and they were just letting it, it was just flying out the door. Yeah. But. And that's, uh, I mean, it is, uh, I mean, what, one of the key things for me and what I feel is the biggest shame is you have so much money and so much time being spent in school systems all around the world, but literally anyone, a majority of people at least walking out of the, you know, after being in school for 10, 12, 15 years or whatever, majority of people don't know basic stuff like how does a mortgage work? How does credit cards work? How does, like these simple things, and, and they aren't particularly complex, but just the fact that they're never really taught in detail, like the fact that, you know, even the most basic things of how to live a life, that those things are not actually being focused on and taught to a certain level of details is, is just so, well, it's such a shame really, right? Yeah, no, for sure. I think I think you're right on. You're right. You're spot on there because it's. But I, I wonder. You know, people think it's a. You know, some parents may think it's a school problem. The school thinks it's a parenting issue that maybe the parents need to teach them about the money or whatever. But like, it, it's just the fact that nobody's teaching them, and that's the issue. Is you know, it's not coming from anybody. Uh, and maybe the, the parents don't know. <laughs> My, my problem is just, yeah, that, that's the, often the problem, right? But, but fundamentally, the key thing for me is like how you can actually teach someone mathematics. And, you know, sometimes, sometimes you, you go through interest rate and you, you do that sort of stuff in school. But the, the point is no one still actually explains like how does it work? Like I went to school for Absolutely. a bunch of years. I went to school for a bunch of years, right? But like at no point did anyone sit down and, you know, say, okay, today we're going to figure out how does credit cards work, right? How do you make sure you don't get into more depth than you can handle? And like simple things like that. And compared to the level of math you learn in school with, you know, very, very complicated stuff. Like it, it's so freaking weird that, that those basic, yeah. basic things like mortgages and credit cards and stuff is not taught. And, I mean, it might be in many countries like a purpose choice somehow that, you know, they don't want people to understand because it keeps up consu consumation. But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I wonder if it's, um, if it's because it's so personal, like that personal finance is like you start to get into how that person behaves with money. And so that's where nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to say, um, you know, you're, I struggle in this, I struggle with overspending here. I struggle with overspending there. Um, you know, I know, especially in the States, like there's a lot of people that struggle with overspending in the restaurant category. Uh, there's people that'll spend a couple thousand dollars a month and going out to eat and it's, it's just nothing to them. But so it's, I don't know if it's that piece where it's just that personal connection and that personal behavior around it that, that, but there's no even, 
like you said, there's no even basic knowledge of, hey, this is the basics of finances, like the basic of a mortgage, the basic of credit cards, the basics of, you know, what, how, how do they come up with the credit score, all that kind of stuff. Like these are the basics and that's all you, you build your own um, understanding from there. Like, I mean, I, like you said, I went through, you know, high school, went through college and didn't really have a finance. I think we had an economy class in, in high school, but it was like, half the this half the year or whatever and that was all that we got and it was more government economy overall like way overhead um idea of you know supply and demand that was basically all that we got um i had to learn all of it all the finance stuff on my own and listening reading all that kind of stuff so but even 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 simple things right like everyone still walks around and say, oh, you know, you should own your own house to live in because that's a good idea. The, the thing is, when you start learning finance, you realize that might not be a good idea for many, many people, right? But, but even yeah. simple things like that, like that's something that keeps going on for generations just because everyone is told as a kid that, you know, that's a great idea. They keep telling the same thing to everyone they know, right? And very, very few people I've ever met actually sat down and done the calculation, right? Now, luckily, I, yeah. have, I have pretty entrepreneurial friends, so definitely some of them have done it. But, but uh, yeah, just if you look at it in a high-level perspective, like so many people have no idea, right? No, for sure. And I think that's, you know, where if you're not in, intentional about teaching your kids that, they're going to grow up the same way you did. And so, you know, that's you know, cause we're in a generation of everybody lives paycheck to paycheck. And if that's normal for your parents, then you, and if you don't grow up thinking, I don't want to live that way and start looking for another option, you're yeah. going to grow up living that way. And you think that's just how it's supposed to be done. And that's where, that's where I was. Like I, my parent watched my parents live paycheck to paycheck struggle as we were going through school. And I just finally told myself as I graduated high school, like, I don't want to live that way. I don't want to be, in that always high stress mode, you know, with my finances. And so I was like, there's gotta be another way. So I started looking started reading and I started finding out the basics of finance. And so it kind of helped me understand. And then I, then I dove in more, I dove in to want to wanna know the, the full details of everything. It's not just the basics, but that was my choice. But I think everybody needs to have some level of the basics for sure. Yeah. Okay, Zach, that was a very, very interesting discussion, and I'm sure the audience will enjoy that a lot as well. So thank you very, very much for joining today's episode. Uh, just before we finish up, uh, any sort of tips or any particular resources or the links that you'd like to recommend for the audience? Yeah, so I have a, um, I've got a free webinar coming up on, um, I'm not sure when we'll air this and whatnot, but um, I'll be doing multiple of these. So just, they, they just need to go on my website and it's aafinancialcoaching.com slash webinars. And we'll be doing free webinars to kind of build you a foundation around your finances. Um, just to kind of help give you some tips and stuff to what to think about, how to, how to look at that. We can, you know, we do budget reviews in that regard. So if you're just stuck in your budget and you need to re kind of revamp it, um, then this, that's a good way to, to do that. So, um, that, it's a good place for them to go that they can, 
um, kind of, you know, keep up with the, 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 when the webinars are and, and kind of sign up for those as they go. So. Excellent. And Zach, I'll make sure we, we include all your um, sort of communication and your website and so on in the, in the show notes. So thank you very much for coming on the show today. Awesome. Thank you very much for having me. Excellent. And for the listeners, we'll be back again next week. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.